Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Alright, so this episode is all about um, wound care in a prison environment. Um, it's from a chapter in the Prisoner's Herbal Book. And yeah, even though I say this a bunch in the actual bit I've recorded from the chapter, I just want to emphasize that like the context of this advice is for people who are in an environment where access to healthcare is super difficult, like whether that's, um, you know, huge waiting lists to see doctors and nurses or, you know, something happening and doctors and nurses not coming or screws not coming or people self-harming and being kind of alone in their cells um, and waiting several hours for a healthcare member to come up up um so yeah it's all about kind of like basic advice um you know around pressure and cleaning and dressings but also using things like herbal teas or you know actual leaves that someone can access like plantain for example and when that might be appropriate but you know the emphasis is on really uh kind of like minor wounds all right so i did a longer episode with a catch-up of how i've been and what i've been up to i just wanted to give a couple of shout outs there is a new graphic on the bristol anarchist black cross website for someone called nim who um is in prison as a result of using self-defense against police violence at only 19 years of age um she was put in touch with us from someone inside for the riot in Bristol. Um, she's a really gentle soul, loads of love and appreciation to give. She really welcomes like letters and support to help the days go by easier and quicker. And yeah, her address is on the website. I'll put a link in the show notes. But if you have the capacity to drop her a letter or order her a card on like moonpig.com or use something like email a prisoner, she would really love that. And yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention was my friend Kevan, who is a prisoner who's been in in solitary confinement for a really really long time who goes through like horrendous um, repression and oppression in prison. He's currently been moved to HMP Manchester um, but he published an article that's now also gone up on the Bristol Anarchist Black Cross website called Hungry for Change, Starving Within English Prisons. So yeah, this is like quite a hard read in terms of um, the amount of food that people are able to receive in prison, the profiteering behind that, yeah, how that is affecting people, how basically people are living on so little that it is like basically hard to hard to kind of exist inside and that is leading to to a lot of anger and desperation and violence yeah so anyway I would really recommend checking that out and dropping Kev a card I know I've mentioned him before but we always joke that the only people that write to him are like queers who love plants which is basically everyone that follows me on Instagram so um, if you're one of those or if you're straight or whoever you are like he would love a letter um, he tries to write back to everyone okay so now I'm going to talk about um, wound care in prison and you know I just want to say like this chapter was really written for a reason like inside I saw vast amounts of people self-harming people having fights you know behind closed doors dealing with injuries that they didn't want to report to the officers um, or, you know, like Kevan, who I just mentioned, he got stabbed um, by a white supremacist. I don't know how long ago now. It was on Christmas Day. He called me. So, yeah, like maybe like four four years ago now. But, um, yeah, like it happens, right? Like this kind of violence and wounds are like really, really a thing like in prison. And, you know, the solution is obviously to like not have prisons anymore um, and have different systems of care. But, yeah. Where we are now is that, like, obviously there are thousands, if not millions of people in prison around the world who don't have access to healthcare, who, you know, a little simple wound wash with a strong herbal tea that's got some antimicrobial properties 
might be the difference between them getting a very infected wound that could, you know, develop into sepsis, for example. So have a listen. And yeah, I just want to emphasize again, it's for a prison context, like people on the outside, it is very different. And I would love to do an episode at some point about our kind of wound care strategies and protocols in Calais with our mobile herbal clinic, because I think that would be interesting. Anyway, enjoy. I'll put a link in the show notes to my prisoner's herbal book. This is where the chapter's from. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Take care. The aim of this section is to provide a brief overview of some wound care strategies. In a perfect world, anyone who was wounded would be able to access a medically trained person who would support them with high quality first aid materials in a clean and sterile environment. We all know in prison this is not the case. You may need to wait a long time to see a nurse or a doctor, prison officers might be too busy or simply just not care about getting you the help you need. Or you may have been injured in a fight or altercation that you don't want to make the officers aware of. In prison, I saw many people struggling with major bruises and minor wounds from fights behind closed doors. More commonly were the women who had self-calmed and cut their arms or elsewhere, but they did not want to tell officers out of shame or fear of punishment or consequences. My best friend, who has spent the last three years fighting for cancer treatment, would regularly come back from the hospital with serious infections such as MRSA due to wound dressings not being changed regularly or from the poor hygiene in the prison. I want to emphasize that the information on this page should not, capital letters, uh, replace medical treatment. If you are able to get help, do it. Wounds can be very unpredictable and get infected easily. There is nothing better than sterile dressings or people treating you with clean gloves in a medical environment. Always seek medical advice if you have a serious injury. Bleeding can be life-threatening. It is absolutely imperative to call an ambulance. If there is a chest injury, the person cannot breathe or is no longer alert or if you cannot stop the bleeding. Likewise, if the person has lost a significant amount of blood, it is very, very important to get them to hospital. This section contains useful information for minor wounds, cuts and bruises. However, I cannot emphasize enough. If you can see a nurse or doctor, then always do so. Okay, bleeding wounds. There are different types of bleeding. Arterial bleeding is under direct pressure from the heart. It spurts out in a dramatic fashion and blood loss can be very rapid. It can be life-threatening within a couple of minutes. The blood is bright red and rich with oxygen. Venous bleeding is from veins that are not under direct pressure from the heart like arteries. However, bleeding from a major vein will flow profusely and can be just as life-threatening. Capillary bleeding is more like a trickle of blood. It is a necessary part of the healing process and occurs in all wounds. Blood loss is usually slight and controlled. Managing bleeding wounds. I will go into more detail about these aspects of wound care. However, a basic overview is apply pressure and stop the bleeding, clean the area, encourage healing. Other key points include sit or lie down. Depending on where the bleeding is, it is always worth sitting or lying down if needed in case you go into shock or develop further symptoms. It also makes it easier to clean and bandage. Examine. You need to know what you're dealing with. How profuse is the bleeding? Where is it coming from? Are there any objects in the wound? Is more than one area bleeding? Irrigation. Wounds need to be cleaned out with clean water. Pressure. Apply pressure to the point of bleeding continuously for 10 minutes and dress. Wounds need to be covered with dressings to prevent infection and to reduce blood loss. Further or functional damage. You may need to assess whether there is further damage or anything else going on for the injured person. Trained first aiders will do what is called a CMS check, circulation, sensation and motor control. When they are checking circulation, they want to be sure that the wound is not causing the rest of the body to be starved of blood. Obviously, in a small wound, this is not likely, but in the case of a larger wound, on the forearm, for example, you would want to make sure that their hand doesn't look pale and is still getting blood. 
The purpose of this check is to make sure that if a nerve or a muscle was cut or damaged by the wound, you know it as early as possible when it may still be repairable. If the person can't move their hand below a forearm wound, it might be just because of pain, but it might be because the wound cut a nerve or a muscle badly enough to make movement impossible. Okay, um, some wound care goals. The common goals of wound healing are get it clean and keep it clean, move blood flow to the wound, stimulate the body's natural inflammatory processes, support with skin repair and remodeling. Plant medicines can support all of these processes. Applying pressure. Direct pressure to the area is a common way to stop bleeding or slow it down. Ideally, you would be wearing gloves and have a sterile gauze. In prison, washing your hands and grabbing a clean piece of material might be your best bet. For example, a recently washed item of clothing or a bandana. There are also various pressure points around the body where if pressure is applied, bleeding will slow down. Maybe you've seen it on movies where people dramatically rip off a piece of clothing and tie the fabric around arms or legs. Um, So just a side note, obviously, you know, if you're dealing with anything that needs like a tourniquet, like Jesus, like contact the doctor, you know, like start a riot in the prison to access healthcare for that person. Okay, uh, back to it. Wound cleaning. Like I said, this section is all about minor wounds. Okay. Wound cleaning. Always assume a wound is dirty. There may be pieces of debris in it. However, what we cannot see is often the most dangerous. The whole purpose of cleaning a wound is to reduce the total number of harmful bacteria or other microorganisms. Therefore, clean it well and keep it clean with regular changes of dressing. Top tips for wound cleaning and hygiene in prison. Wash your hands with soap and ideally with warm water. Make sure you wash them properly, especially in between the fingers and the thumb. Wash your hands after giving any first aid. Wash your hands after any kind of exposure to bodily fluids. If you're doing first aid, take off any wrist or hand jewelry. Make sure fingernails are short, clean and free of nail polish. If you've got your own cuts, then keep them covered if you're dealing with anyone else's. Make sure you get rid of waste well if you have fabric infected with blood, for example. On the outside, there would be specific bins for this, like medical, like red medical waste bags or yellow bags, for example. However, this is unlikely in prison. I'd recommend wrapping up whatever you have inside some kind of separate bag and tying it tightly so that any wing cleaners don't come into direct contact with infected items. Make sure you clean up any dirtied areas with warm soapy water or disinfectant that you can get from wound cleaners, wipe down all the surfaces and check the floor. Irrigating the wound. Okay, so in an ideal world, you'd have a neat little first aid kit with a sterile syringe and sterile water that you could irrigate a wound with. In prison, not only will you not have access to first aid gear like gloves, but it's also likely in many countries that water will not be very clean either. To clean the water better, you can boil it, if possible, for at least five minutes. You can also add salt to the water, ideally when boiling. Um, At the very least, one teaspoon per quart, just under a litre of water. If you are not able to heat water, then adding salt to it will help either way. Herbalist Catches Swift, um, who's an amazing herbalist, FYI, from the Commonwealth Herb School, um, says says in our herbal wound care trainings that 10% salinity kills 80% of microorganisms in 30 minutes. Therefore, it is worth adding it in in quantity for a disinfectant action. To irrigate a wound effectively, you want the water to be flowing away from the wound so that the infected particles are not coming into the, coming into the wound, like for example, running something under a tap as if you're washing something. Keep cleaning the wound until it looks as clean as possible and you cannot see any visible matter in there. There is a saying, the solution to pollution is dilution. 
Basically, you want to wash out whatever is in there with good velocity, you know, like power, and with enough volume of water for adequate irrigation. To get further antibacterial benefits, you can also irrigate a wound with a herbal tea or infusion that you have made. If the wound is in a place that you can irrigate, then you can wash it with a cloth. If there is any debris at all, it all has to come out. Don't try to be gentle. You can use things like tweezers, pins, needles, or even a rough towel. It may feel uncomfortable, but it is very important. Even a clean toothbrush could work. In the wound. Now, this aspect of wound care is probably the hardest in prison. If you aren't able to go to prison officers for help because of a fight, for example, then my advice would be to see if anyone else on your wing can try and get sterile materials. For example, asking for a plaster or saying they have cut themselves shaving or something. Many prison kitchens will have basic first aid kits in them which you can either sneakily try to appropriate from or you can ask a person who works in the kitchen to get one for you. Ideally, you'd have access to some kind of sterile gauze or plaster that you can put on the wound. You may need to bandage this up further. If you are unable to access any kind of sterile dressing, then you will need to make one. Good material can include pillowcases, rip sheets, cloths, bandanas, ideally materials that are thinner than things like jumpers. If possible, try to get white ones so that you can more easily see the dirt. Wash the material in clean, hot, soapy water. A bleach tablet would be ideal if you can get one from a wing cleaner. Rinse out at least twice to completely remove the soap, hang up to dry. You can then cut the material into sides such as strips. You may need to use several strips on a wound in layers, so try to have as many as you can. You can also sterilise a dressing by ironing it if an iron is available on your wing. Whenever you see material that could make a good bandage, it may be worth saving it for the day when you might need it. Okay, objects embedded in wounds. If there is debris in the wound, always get it out. It becomes a much trickier area if there are significant objects that might be stemming the bleeding, whereby removing them could cause further damage. I would seriously recommend getting to a doctor if possible if something is as serious. If it really is not possible or you have to wait a long time until you can see one, then you can build up dressings around the object to help apply pressure to the wound before getting whatever it is removed. The most important message is that those, if there is debris in the wound that you are able to remove it, then do it. The most important message is that if there is debris in the wound that you are able to remove, then do it. Infections. Take every wound seriously, no matter how small. It is important to monitor a wound for signs of infection. These can often take 24 hours to appear. Signs of infection can include increased pain, increased warmth, increased swelling, increased redness, red streaking of the surrounding area, um, which is quite significant, you know, in terms of cellulitis risk. Just side note, okay, pus draining from the area, a foul smell, tender lumps or swelling in the armpit, groin or neck, and generalised chills or fever over 37.5 degrees. Um, symptoms will often get worse with time and infection is indicated if the wound is simply not healing up. Many people will be more vulnerable to infection than others. I'd really emphasise again to seek proper medical attention, especially if you are immunocompromised, diabetic or have any other chronic illnesses. I don't want to scare people, but infections in wounds, if they become systemic, like in the bloodstream, can kill you. I know people don't want to risk getting denied parole but you might lose your life if you develop a serious infection and it goes untreated. There are many plants that can help with infections internally and externally but if you see any kind of streaking it could be lymphangitis which really demands a trip to the hospital. Likewise a red waxy sheen could indicate cellulitis and could become septic so it is important to get to the hospital. All right, using herbs in wound care. Mentioned throughout this book are different plants uh, with wound healing properties. Rose petals, for example, can help when placed on small cuts and daisies can be mashed up and applied to bruises. 
Chamomile and black tea bags can be placed on most wounds, included infected toenails, and offer antibacterial properties. However, plantain, yarrow, and self-heal are our major wound-feeling allies. Herbalist Catches Swift writes how self-heal can draw out infection, such as in an abscess, and is very beneficial in stimulating the healing of wounds, burns, and ulcers, including internally. Self-heal also has styptic actions, staunching the flow of blood. Yarrow is wonderful in, for all stages of the wound healing process, from stopping bleeding to tissue repair. Plantain is superb for wound healing due to its ability as a drawing agent, as well as an astringent and vulnerary. Uh, read the plant profiles for more specific information on these plants. And obviously you are listening to this, not reading this, but you can check all of them out on this podcast. To use these plants practically, there are a number of options. Okay, using the leaves directly. Cleaning cuts and wounds with plantain. Plantain has a drawing action, which means when it is placed over a wound, it will help to draw out debris or poisons from bites and stings. The leaf surface can be applied directly to the skin. Make sure the leaf itself is actually clean of stones, debris and dust. You might want to wash it under the tap. You can also chew the leaf up in your mouth to help and then apply to the cut or sting. Depending on the size of the area, you may need several leaves. In Ireland, they use one side of the leaf for drawing and then turn the leaf over and apply the other side for healing. You might want to do this. Use one or more leaves to help clean the wound. Don't forget to irrigate. And then get fresh leaves and apply and hold in place. These simple plantain poultices are one of my favourite herbal party tricks. People are normally blown away by the instant results and how quickly bleeding stops or stings go down. Depending on how severe the wound is, you might want to change the leaves regularly until they have had the effect you have needed. Applying yarrow directly to a cut. You will also be impressed if you apply yarrow leaves directly to cuts after washing ideally. You will see how quickly the blood stops. You may wish to chew up the leaf a little or you can also just apply direct. Self-heal. You can also apply self-heal leaves directly to cuts. They're a bit smaller and fiddly than plantain but if you can mash up a few of them and apply them they can be very effective at stopping the bleeding. Irrigating wounds with herbal teas. Irrigating and cleaning a wound is of incredible importance. I know that I have said this 10 times already. However, the process can be aided in prison by making a strong herbal tea and using it to clean the wound. This will be extra help for fighting bacterial and microbial infections. You may wish to make a strong tea of yarrow or plantain or self-heal. You can also use chamomile or peppermint tea if you are unable to access any others or fresh plant material. Make sure if you are pouring tea on a wound that is cool enough and that the actual plant material has been removed so that you don't get anything extra in the wound. Making poultices. For practical reasons, you might not be able to sit there and hold a leaf in place over your cut or small wound. Therefore, you might want to make a sturdier poultice attached with a bandage. Moisten the fresh or dried herb with water for at least two minutes. You can then either apply the damp herbs to the affected area directly or if you have one with some kind of gauze material, that will still allow contact between the plants and the skin. What you are trying to achieve is as much herbal contact with the skin as possible to enable them to work their magic. If you are using some kind of powder, you might want to mix it with a bit of flour into a paste and then apply. Um, and once you have placed your herb on the area, cover with some kind of bandage or material to hold it in place. Keeping it there as long as needed and change with fresh herbs when necessary. If you're simply trying to stop a cut from bleeding, it will heal up very fast. If you're trying to support a larger wound, you might want to keep a poultice on for 12 to 24 hours and change every few hours depending on how much plant material you have access to. You can also use herbal tea bags as poultices once they're damp, simply place on the affected area and change regularly. 
Compresses. Okay, if you have limited plant material, it may be more effective to make a strong hot infusion and soak material in it and then apply it to the wound. This will maximize the amount of surface area that can be covered and supported by the plants. If you have cut or scratched your arms, for example, as an act of self-harm, then soaking material in a warm infusion with plants and straining and applying to the sore area can really, really help. You may like to use wound healers like yarrow, plantain and self-heal, or you can also use cooling plants like mallow, rose and chamomile. Making a tea to drink too will also help the nervous system recover. Taking plants internally to aid wound healing. Plants can also help infection and support the wound healing processes when taken internally. Taking a tea of plantain, yarrow or self-heal can definitely aid the body in recovering from wounds as well as stave off infections. Using cayenne powder. If someone has access to it on your wing, then cayenne powder um, can be useful to help stop bleeding. It does hurt a little to apply, but it is a styptic, meaning it helps to stop bleeding and encourages blood vessels to close. It helps prevent shock and can also help postpone infection. After you have irrigated the wound, simply put powder over it and then cover with a dressing and apply pressure. Other minor wounds. Okay, bruises. So ideally for bruises, you want some kind of ice pack where you can place it on the bruise and apply pressure for 10 minutes. If you don't have an ice pack, running it under cold water will also help. You can then mash up some daisies into a poultice and directly apply it to the bruised area. Splinters. If you have a significant splinter, you might need to get it professionally removed. If you want to get it out yourself, then make sure you wash the whole area with warm soapy water to get it as clean as possible. Then pat the area dry with something clean. Then you need a pair of tweezers. You may want to wash the tweezers too, or if you can't, then running a lighter up and down should kill some things, but not all. Grip the splinter as close to the skin as possible. Gently pull it out at the same angle it went in. You can then gently squeeze the area to encourage a bit of bleeding. Wash the wound again and then dry and cover with a dressing. A black tea bag wrung out tightly, taped to the splinter overnight, can also be effective. The astringency squeezes the splinter up a little and makes it easier to grab. A plantain leaf and banana peel can also have this action. Okay, nosebleeds. Um, you may just experience a nosebleed as people do, or you may have been hit and your nose could be bleeding. You can normally feel from the level of pain if your nose has been broken. For a bleeding nose, sit down and lean your head forward. Don't lie down, it's keeping the nose above the heart reduces bleeding. Pinch the soft part of the nose and maintain a constant pressure for 10 minutes. Breathe through the mouth and let blood run out of it rather than back down the throat. It is probably worth having someone nearby to help mop up the dripping blood. It sounds ridiculous, but I've seen it in action. Roll up a yarrow leaf and place in your nose. You'll be amazed at how fast the bleeding can stop. All right, so yeah, that is the um, chapter from the Prisoner's Herbal on like wound care in a prison context. And I just want to emphasize again that they're quite unique conditions where you have like very limited access to healthcare. Um, so yeah, for those of us not in prison, hopefully we've got um, better access um, and able to access what we need to care for our wounds. Um, but yeah, obviously I encourage like wound care as much as possible at home that you can do, that's safe to do. And yeah, I will definitely record another podcast on the subject because I've just learned so much um, working in Calais and Dunkirk in terms of herbal wound care. So yeah, I will share that at some point this year. Okay, thanks for listening. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Frontline Herbalism podcast. You can find the transcript, the links, all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org forward slash podcast.